What's up, everybody? This is the betrayed, the addicted, and the expert. My name is Brandon, and I am the expert. And I'm Ashlyn, and I was the betrayed. And I'm Kobe, the recovering addict. What you're gonna get is three unique perspectives on recovery and tools for hope and healing. All right, welcome to the betrayed, the addicted, and the expert. Um, like we always do, we're going to start with a review from our podcast, and it's a little bit different, so um, I'm excited about it. Um, I'm going to read the review. We're actually going to do the entire episode around this review because he brings up a really good point, and he brings up um, a good point of conversation and discussion. Totally. So, so I'll just read most of it, and we'll get into it from there. Um, so he says... I hope these podcast authors have the confidence in their statements to read some of the negative reviews, too. While sex addiction is very legitimate, I, I am one of the many, many people misdiagnosed by people who embrace an overly conservative definition of sex addiction, which is flatly untrue. I attended, so he attended meetings. Um, I don't want to say the name of those meetings. I attended meetings for months and admitted um, I was powerless over me before I let them dust Oh, wait, let's see. Before I let the dust settle from the affair I caused and realized I have high sexual libido, like almost all mammals, by our physical design. But I am in no way, shape, or form a sex addict. The overly conservative views promote this. There are dozens of articles that talk about sex addict or just cheater. While my process looking into sex addiction let me understand some, some of my origins of my behavior, there are three core elements that create sex addiction. Shame neglect and trauma if you don't have all three or experienced all three in in your upbringing then you are likely not a sex addict um and i have some some opinions on this um i have many we have it, we all have many we, we have opinions it's a bummer that this podcast embraces the blurred lines so people who do not have addiction believe they do um, in my meetings about half of the people were genuine sex and love addicts about half actually were not they just looked at porn often, mostly due to sexual neglect. Likely let it spiral out of control slightly, but are not actual addicts, and then did not have sex often. Instead of addressing the issues with their spouses, they let it um, continue on unhealthily. But that is not sex addiction, period. So. That, there's like 10 different things in that, that that I think are super compelling. And and I also want to say before we get like actually into the content of this, it's like, I appreciated the, the kind of the challenge that was given to us Absolutely. to say, I wonder if they have the courage to be able to address this. And the truth is, is like, I want to be really clear. If, if I didn't feel secure and Ashlyn, if you didn't feel secure in our journey of recovery, there's no way that we would be doing this to begin with. Oh yeah. But, but we got called scumbags and dirt, dirt bags. Doormats. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but, but the truth is, is like we've done enough work on ourselves together that we know that that, we just can own our, our space of recovery. So it's not a matter of having confidence to address this. Right. I think it's more a matter of having just competence and, and the ability to be able to walk through this. Cause I think there's some really compelling points that I certainly disagree with. And I'll represent my point of view. Right. That doesn't mean I'm going to be right for everybody. And, right. but I feel secure right. with it. And I guess that goes into the next point of this podcast is our opinions and our experiences. So yeah. we're not writing scripture here, guys. Yeah. And, and we give, We'll give you tools, we'll give you guidance, we'll give you our perspective on things. And we do have wisdom, we have knowledge, we have understanding um, about, about sex addiction, betrayal, trauma. But I really view this podcast as a place for discussion. 
to, to figure things out. And he's raised a really good point of discussion, I think. And, and I actually agree some with what he's saying, and I, I don't agree with some of what he's saying. And so he, he just he, he served up on a silver platter a perfect topic for our podcast. Yep. So, totally. you know, is sex addiction a real thing? Um, does the, you know, does sex addiction or at least labeling somebody as such or diagnosing somebody as such just cause shame? And is it, is that all it is? Um, he says in here, you know, sex addiction is a real thing. Um, but then in his argument, he says, but many of these men that go to meetings, many of these people that, that go to therapy, they get help for it, aren't actual sex addicts. Something else is going on. Um, there's a difference between a cheater and a sex addict is what he's saying. Um, so I, you know, I, I treat, I, I th- I've said this before on this podcast, I treat both sides of the coin. I treat the men who have major compulsive sexual behaviors and cannot stop them. They're going to lose their family. They're going to lose their wife. They're going to get STDs. They're going to get criminal charges. And they continue on with their sexual behavior regardless. To me, that sounds like an addiction. Yeah. Um, they, there's a behavior they want to stop and they can't stop it. Um, I, I could get into the technical um, definitions of what addiction is, but to me, that's what addiction is. Yeah. R- right? Would you? Yeah. I mean, and that's any addiction. I mean, if it's controlling your life and it's messing up your life, that's not right. a good thing, right? Right. If you're if you're living a dual life, and that was that was certainly my perspective. If I was living one way and then I'd go home and, and be somebody else, and, and if and if my behavior was causing problems and causing a divide and, and, and lack of connection, I mean, there's red flags all over the place. So if you get into the DSM five um, definition of of chemical dependency. And, and how to diagnose that. You can go down the bullet points of, of addiction that they have in the DSM, and um, it'll say things like, you know, the, the, the rate and the duration increases, the tolerance increases, um, you, you know, you, you, it's compulsive behavior, all of those things. Yet in the DSM, they didn't put sex addiction. And, and we, could, we could do a whole episode on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the, the argument against sex addiction is, you know, sex is something that is natural. It's something that we as human beings are supposed to have, right? And being a sexual being is just as important as being an emotional, spiritual, and social human being. And so what is wrong with being sexual? Mm-hmm. And some people might be more sexual, some people might be less sexual, but what is wrong with that, right? And my, my you know, my argument to that is, you know, we're also supposed to eat food. So here's here's a here's a an analogy. Um, but if I am, if I'm way overweight and I'm struggling with heart problems and all kinds of things and I can't stop eating, does it mean that I'm just supposed to continue to eat? Is that healthy for me? <laughs> Ashlyn can answer that very effectively. <laughs> That's her expertise. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and 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 it's kind of. I mean, your your point's well taken. It's like. We can, we can, I can eat all the stuff that I want so I can be full. That doesn't necessarily mean I'm nourished. Right. Uh, does it mean that you're being healthy and that it's not an, ad- I mean, you have a food addiction yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. And just because food is good for you as a human being and it's part of being a human being doesn't necessarily mean that you can't be addicted to food. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, food can kill you. Yeah. With, if you eat too much of it, sex can cause you all kinds of 
problems and consequences in your life if if you do it way overboard if the tolerance builds up and you push limits that are not good for you Mm -hmm. right that to me is what addiction is so if you use way too much cocaine you might die of an overdose right it's the same thing. Your tolerance builds up and you start to have this unmanageability in your life. I would also say too, and just to speak to the point about having high sex drive, it's like I would say that I have a high sex drive. But what's interesting is... is Ashlyn, would you concur with that? So. Yes. <laughs> okay. And, and, and I think what's an important point about this is to represent the idea that it's like just, just the same way that you said. We can have sex and not be connected. Oh, right. So there's more to a relationship with a partner than having sex. And if I'm having sex simply as, and, and I have a lot of sex drive where I start to, w- without really knowing it, realizing that I'm the more stressful of us. If I was an accountant, I'm not, but if I was an accountant and all of a sudden I'm having more sex all through Q1 and Q2 <laughs> because it's tax <laughs> season, then, then that's an indicator that sex is probably serving another purpose besides connection with my partner. That's a great point. Yeah. And, and so that's a thing. Right, so uh, the the whole idea of having a healthy sex drive is one thing, but that doesn't mean necessarily that you're connected with your partner. So you're bringing up another another definition. Well, a good indicator of addiction is is when you start using something to numb your life out, right? And we we sex addicts do that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And and not just sex sex addicts do that, right? Um, but what, the more that you do do that, then you're bonding to this thing. Not just for what it is, you're bonding to it um, to to deal with your life, to deal with your emotions, yeah. right? Yeah. So, um, okay. So, um, I, you know, the libido thing. I want to I want to talk about that. Somebody with a high libido um, should they be labeled as a sex addict? Saying it that way, no. <laughs> In that case, then my wife would la- label me as a sex addict <laughs> all the time. Right? Um, so, what's the difference between a sex addict and someone with a high sex drive? Yeah, high libido. Somebody who likes to have sex a lot. Uh, I don't I would know. Say your actions and like what you just went into of um, maybe how they objectify women or men, r- vice versa. And the reasons behind what they're doing. Exactly. So uh, we look at tolerance. So what I mean by tolerance is, you know, if having sex with my wife is enough and that's great, then I'm not, I might have a high libido and we have sex a lot or whatever, or we don't, but, um, but if, if the tolerance builds up and it's like, that's not enough for me. So now I need to. I need to look at more explicit pornography. Mm-hmm. Um, now I need to go get a woman on a corner and pick her up. So it's because it's more exciting and it gives mm-hmm. me more of a rush. And you know now that doesn't do it for me. So I need to do something even riskier or more intense. And at what line does that become a, a sex addiction, mm-hmm. right? And he's kind of saying that. Like if I just have high libido and I want to have sex a lot, doesn't mean I'm a sex addict. Well, that's true. But when your life starts becoming unmanageable, mm-hmm. meaning you start getting consequences in, in your life that you don't want, but you're doing it anyways, that's different than having a high libido. And I want to be really clear on that. The, some of the consequences could be the, the, the lack of connection, the, the, the disconnect between you and your partner. Because maybe, and it might not be for someone who's not um, having inappropriate relationships 
outside of, of their, of their partner, of their, of their relationship. Um, it's possible that that person could be seeking to push boundaries of what's okay, even with their partner as an indicator that sexual behavior is, is, is becoming more and more, uh, what was the term that you used? Like, um, the DSM term of, of, um, the tolerance. Piece? Yeah. The tolerance piece. It's like, even within your own relationship and marriage, you can push the boundaries of, 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 of tolerance within your relationship in an unhealthy way, right. even though you might not be seeking um, porn, even though you right. might not and be you're seeking not relationships. Up a prostitute or totally whatever. like just within that relationship, you're pushing limits that's destroying the safety in the sexual relationship. Yeah, right? yeah, and 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 in truth, it's like to me the 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 safety piece, the the, the safety and trust is the piece that I've been working my heart out. Like I, I, we still have conversations like this week about me texting. Like we had a conversation with another, with another uh, lady who's a friend of ours. And I included Ashlyn in the text. And she says, Hey, I just want you to know that I, that means a lot that you would include me on this text with this woman. So we're still super mindful. I'm still super mindful about maintaining safety and trust in my relationship. And that's a piece that's not addressed here. And I think that if we just evaluate if if we operate off of this but definition, let, let me, there's let me a play devil's advocate here. Okay, so that's just being overly conservative, Kobe. Like you're a sexual being. Like can't you can't you explore a little bit who you are sexually and be okay with that and outside of your relationship with Ashlyn? Yeah, I I, I think that, that that those kind of like being curious in the bedroom, mm-hmm. and I think being exploratory and and trying to increase the excitement or maybe the um the spontaneity of a relationship. It's totally cool. It's got to be a united thing, okay? Because it's not just one individual. There's two people that are involved in there, and and as long as safety and trust is maintained, but two people involved in there—that's just a conservative belief that you know that drives. And when you have that belief, then it just drives this shame that makes a bunch of people think they're sex addicts that aren't actually sex addicts. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's actually I'm still I'm still playing devil's <laughs> you, you clearly are. But I think I want Ashlyn to speak to this because Ashlyn, we we work with an audience. In, in in your women's groups as well as my men's groups in one on one stuff who are definitely not conservative who are quite liberal and have a very different point of view yes. in life and, and what's their the people we are working with currently or in the past don't come from our background and that's what's really turned me on to this whole idea that it it's it for me it always comes back to the connection and the disconnect and so for me I look at that and. Yeah, maybe I am more conservative because I say, yeah, outside of marriage, that's you, that's you being independent, that's you disconnecting, and that's not okay with me. Right. But I think most people would would agree if their spouse was doing that, that they would feel disconnected. Absolutely. You know, it's it's interesting to me. Like, uh, I think we've we've kind of been accused of being um, too sex positive in in the past, like being a little little too accepting of of sexuality when we talk about lust and things like that mm-hmm. i think it can be really uncomfortable for mm-hmm. some of, of the members of our audience to think like oh um it's okay for that individual to be sexual in mm-hmm. their relationship right and so you know from his point of view what i'm hearing is you guys are anti being sexual mm-hmm. it's just a conservative value that drives the shame that makes people label themselves which drives shame further right and um the fact of the matter is, is that sex addiction is a real thing, like he said. But the other, the other, this is where I agree with him. The other fact of the matter is, is there is this 
this pervasive um, level of shame around sex in our in our culture, where um, shame in so many ways does equal, or sex in so many ways does equal shame. And so if you know if a twelve year old gets an erection and he thinks I'm bad because that happened, that's a problem. Yeah. Um, if you know, if if a guy or or a woman has a sexual thought and they think, "Oh my gosh, I'm I'm a sex addict," that's a problem. If right? a kid runs across porn on his parents' computer and mom is like, "You need to go to, you know, talk to your ecclesiastical leader. You need to go to therapy, and you got to go to twelve step." That's a problem. That's a problem. And I, I've met with with kids usually, mm-hmm. adolescents, and I'll, and I'll do intakes and I'll hear stories of. You know what? I was exploring, and I figured out this masturbation thing, and I did it once, and I told dad about it, and that's why I'm here today. And to me, um, good for the dad and being proactive in trying to support his son and, and all of that. But I don't think he needs psychotherapy because he, he masturbated, masturbated he for the first time in his life, for the first time. Yeah, right. I I wouldn't label him as a sex addict, and. Um, and that can be problematic. So he brings up a good point in that. Mm-hmm. And, and in no way do I want our, our platform to, to, to push that agenda that sex is a bad thing. And totally. you're all just labeled sex addicts. Right. right? Well, Kobe and I were looking at um, our subscribers, and they're all over the world. Mm-hmm. In some of the most offbeat countries that I wouldn't think are listening, are listening. Iran, Angola. Anyways, the, the point of what I'm saying is that I don't like our cultures are all so different. We're not talking religion here necessarily. Remember um, our last podcast with Vid Angel, and he's saying sex in America is very different outside of America. They don't want the violence, right? But America's okay with the violence, right? Right. Um, That's interesting. So I think it's it's definitely depends on where you live and where that shame comes from. Absolutely, the culture you come from. Mm -hmm. You know, it it is interesting that. and I don't quote me on the, this research. Um, it's not solid numbers I'm throwing out here. But what I've heard is that that uh, sex addiction is highest in in really conservative religions. Right. And mm-hmm. I brought that up before, and it makes me wonder: is it that sex addiction there there is actual more sex addiction because there's more shame around sexuality, so it drives that sex addiction, or is there not more sex addiction in those? cultures it's just that they they label it as such because they think that they're doing something bad because misdiagnosed yeah it's misdiagnosed like what he's talking about and um and so i think we need to i think to answer this question we need to get clear about what what sex addiction actually is and and we need to get clear about what healthy sexuality is mm-hmm. right okay let's do it and so and, and, and in doing so i think I think we have to try to put aside um, our, how do I say this, our, the things that we've been taught um, by whatever rigid system, whatever has taught us that, but actually take a step back and say, what is healthy sexuality? Um, What creates happiness for somebody um, to be a sexual person? And then what is sex addiction? We already talked about that. Mm -hmm. So... You understand what I mean by like letting go of all of our shoulds, our preconceived sex? notions, and, and yeah. what is healthy sexuality? I don't believe that healthy sexuality is having something control you 
and shackle you down to the point where you can't stop it. I don't think that's healthy sexuality, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I do think healthy sexuality is is being able to express who you are, and um, and being able to explore and being able to um, kind of get to know um, your partner and connect and and those things, right? Right. So I, I think this is a. I mean, ex- to explore, to be curious, to um, to ask questions, to have conversations. All those things can be done in a very healthy way um, to, and I keep going back to this, to maintain safety and trust. Like as, as long as that's like the forefront and that's like, we're going to maintain this at, at, you know, at all costs, but let's give ourselves permission to, in a healthy way, be curious, ask questions, explore, etc. I think that's a, a super important thing. And I wasn't always that way as far as like maintaining safety and trust with you. There was zero, Kobe. Yeah. <laughs> To, to be sure, to be yeah, sure. Yeah. No, and it is very different now. I think um, before when it was an issue and there was a big disconnect, it was more bullying. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm exploring, I'm trying these things. Don't be so um, rigid or, right. or... That doesn't sound very healthy. No, right. and so it did make me question, like, am I am I super naive and, and rigid? Instead of, wait... I feel super disconnected and unsafe. Okay, so you just said something, Ashlyn, which I just want to highlight. Um, I think one element of healthy sexuality is safety, both for the individual and for the couple, right? Right. That the individual feels safe um, in what they're doing, and the couple, as a couple, feels safe in what they're doing, right? right? Okay, so I think that's kind of the base level of healthy sexuality. Um, What else? What else is, is, is there? We, to, for us to get to um, better places of hex, healthy sexuality, I said it backwards in my head, um, we did Sensate, which was more of that exploring within the safety of our own relationship mm-hmm. and talking, mm-hmm. um, that sort of thing. That, I feel like, helped me because I was raised more of the shame-based sex. Mm-hmm. And, and we did that with the guidance of, of a really good therapist who right. who knew us. So this wasn't just like Kobe's idea. Okay, Ashlyn, I did some research, and guess what? It was it was guided by by a therapist who knew exactly where we were, right. and then we could agree upon like this is this is a method that we could deploy. What do you think? And I also want to speak to this as well. Kind of on that note is we we had our therapist Amy introduce that to us. But but anytime I, I want to just say this like like the idea, and this is alluded to in this review, is that someone who watches porn and then doesn't have sex as much as they want. And then, yeah, exactly. They call that like kind of like sexual neglect is how the illusion was right to that. Like they're not having as much sex, so they're going to watch some porn. I I, want to be really clear. Like porn is, is, is completely manufactured. Right. And it's, and it's not reality and, and it's not based in safety and trust. Right. So to think that I'm going to go to porn to get some some education on what can be done with Ashline in the bedroom is is like me watching Frozen and thinking, "Hey girls, guess what? Let's go out and, and build snowmen. This is the way we're going to do it." Right. right? It's just it's just not a thing. So I, I think it involves um, some really good guidance with the right kind of skilled people that the, the the partners can agree on and feel safe with. Absolutely. I, you know, you bring up that, that one part of his comment, which is, you know, oftentimes it's a, it's a result of him not being satisfied sexually or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, 
and I, I just want to really refute that part of it. Because, right, because you can be an addict, right, and have healthy sex. Like, not healthy sex, but sex. Yeah. Well, <laughs> a yeah. lot. So, but, and, and, but the other side of that that's so destructive is to the partner who, you know, if, if you don't give me sex, then therefore I will. <laughs> I'll have to go get this or that. And the fact of the matter is, is, yeah, we're all sexual beings. Um, we're all sexual beings. Sorry, Ashton's phone is going a little crazy on us here. <laughs> it's all good. Um, but just because your partner doesn't have sex with you doesn't mean that you have to go um, push limits and act outside of the relationship. Um, you can live without sex. You can live. Wait, 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 wait. Did, did you? What did you say? Like <laughs> you said, I don't need sex. Like I need air. Yeah, exactly. What? And and it's not. Well, I'm not getting enough, so therefore I'm I'm you know going to get the the porn, and then you call me a sex addict because I get the porn. It's actually your fault because you're not giving me enough. Um, Man, that's a cluster of the lack of safety. And, and I can I can really refute that because. Um, I've heard church leaders say to to wives, oh, like man. if you were just more available, and I've, I've I've seen therapists like just try to engage more, even though you don't have safety in, in the relationship, you don't have trust, you don't have what a healthy sexual relationship requires. Do it anyways. That's not the the answer. Oh, well, it gosh. doesn't stop. <laughs> That's, right. It yeah. doesn't stop. It, if anything, it's out. making it worse. Yeah, absolutely. So coming back to our list of healthy sexuality, safety, right? Okay. The the other thing is is I think that it's okay for us to explore. It's okay for us to to be us, to be free with who we are sexually, as long as it's in the bounds of that safety, right? Um, but we're sexual beings um, much more than than we than we think. We're you know we're sexual beings not just when when we're in the bedroom having sex. Um, you know, for a woman to feel like a woman and to feel beautiful and to, she, she's a sexual being for a man to feel like a man to, to, to do those things and to, that he's, he's being a sexual being. Right. And so it's accepting who we are. Um, there's a level of acceptance and, um, and, and just allowing us to, to, to feel who we are as a man or as a woman. Right. So that's being a sexual being as Mm -hmm. well. Right. Um, and then, like anything, I think having some boundaries is a good thing. So that creates that safety. Is It's not just we do whatever we want to do no matter what. It's, it's within the, the confines of our lives, right? And I'm talking not as a couple. I'm talking as an individual. Um, you know, is it okay for you to masturbate every day? Well, does that work for you? What does that create in your life? Right, and if it creates good in your life, then go ahead and masturbate every day. Right, but really be honest with yourself. Like, really be honest with yourself about that. Right? Am I making sense? Yeah, and it would be. I think the same question can be applied: is is having you know hitting happy hour every day? Is does that work for you? Does that give to you what you want? Is that is that in alignment with? I mean, with with your values, and and with what the kind of result that you want in life. And and I don't think. Us on this podcast or a, an essay meeting or whomever can tell you, no, you're bad. Totally. Believe you're bad and you're just a sex addict. And the fact of the matter is to own it yourself. Yes. Take a step back, 
Look at what you're doing in your life. If it's working, great. If it's not, then be honest with yourself. Yeah, for sure. Right? Everybody Rather has to come to that conclusion. Blame They're themselves. The judgers or whatever. Yeah. Blame the labelers. Yeah. Right? So, any other thoughts on this, I guys? I, Ash, what comes to mind? I don't know. For me, I it's... I guess I'm, I'm thinking, okay, so for the people who are listening who aren't sure if they are an addict, like he's saying, what are some clear definitions bullet points or what do you do if you figure out okay i think i am that's a great question one of the first things i do is listen to our very first episode on do i have a sex addiction right um but i'll i'll kind of repeat some of those things um is the rate and duration of your use increasing so are you spending more time are you pushing more limits that's one good indicator okay um, are you, you brought this up earlier, Kobe, are you using it to numb life out? Are you using it as a medicine? Um, then, you know, like, it's like eating again is a, another good analogy. If, if every time I'm stressed, I eat, then that is a good indicator of addiction. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so is the rate and duration increasing? Am I using it to numb out? And is my life becoming unmanageable as a result? So do I, am I starting to get consequences that I don't like, but I continue to do this anyways? That's a good indicator that there's an addiction, yeah. right? Um, so I would look at those things to, 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 to see if you're addicted or not, right? So Super good point. Awesome. Thank you. I don't know. I, I, I appreciated the... The review and I loved it. Um, thank you, whoever sent that. And I'd also say we'll too, see. he may not be listening, Brandon. <laughs> and and my heart goes out. I, I, I'm going to speak kind of personally for just a second, but I I spent a lot of years acting out an addiction without specialized help, and I have lived for a few years with specialized help. And having access to the right kind of help totally helped me to heal in all the right healthy ways. And and the cool part about that is is I was able to um, honor myself in in establishing what values, what behaviors are right for me personally. Right. And so I've never I I hope that this individual who 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 left this review has got access to to the right kind of specialized therapy and specialized help. But but I want to say that with the three with the two plus years that we've been involved publicly, but also the years before that in, in just mentoring guys, I've never met anybody who has had specialized help who has taken this stance. Right. And, and I want to be really clear that meaning like ha- has, has debated the, the, um, the, the bullet points, the, the definitions of sex addiction, excluding Which porn addiction. we don't addiction. know that he doesn't have, no, you know, he might not have any of those. To, to be sure. But, but I want to, but I want to give, um, obviously the benefit of the doubt to say, you know what, this, this gentleman might have access to a specialized therapist, but, but my suspicion is that there's a debate upon porn being, um, a, a, an actual definition uh, like porn addiction being like a legitimate thing or not. I don't know anybody who's had specialized help and, 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 and people who's, who's come to that conclusion. So in the defense of a lot of people out there who don't have access to a specialized therapist, my heart goes out to them because without having specialized help, I could come to the same conclusion as, as this guy right here. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so if well, you had- honestly, the episode we did fight the new drug, go and go to their page, go and look at the science behind it. Mm hmm. Yeah, I don't know how I, you can fight it. Yeah, I mean, you can hop online and you can find um, arguments on both sides of the coin. Mm-hmm. There's agendas and, and money being um, paid to, to write 
I think the other side. Right. It's um, a big industry. Yeah. It's a huge industry that they're trying to protect. But you can find articles that say, you know, these quacks that talk about sex addiction are only doing harm. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and I obviously don't believe that. Totally. Are, um, that wasn't my experience <laughs> either. So if you're only going to take my word for it, then I would argue that but, but, exactly what you just but did. But there's as much information out there on that side of it as there is about uh, on the side that we're on, right? And so go educate yourself. Mm-hmm. But, but but see what, what really feels true to you. Um, you know, what we're talking about, does that feel true to you, that sex addiction is a real thing? Mm-hmm. He says sex addiction is a real thing. Totally. But then he disputes it in a lot of ways. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, sex, I mean, it's what I do every single day. Totally. If sex addiction isn't a real thing, then I don't know what my life is. Because, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what our lives are because that's, yeah. that's, that's what our lives are. Well, and really, in. I'm thinking as you're saying all this, had Kobe um, maybe not been classified as a sex addict, which I have lots of friends whose husbands will go to specialized therapy and they'll say, you're not a, a sex addict, so you really don't need to be here. And that can really go two ways, I think, of going down even deeper, right? Mm-hmm. Because I'm not an addict. I ha- I'm, I'm free now of this label. Um, but for us, it really put us in the right direction. And to have what we have now, which is not perfect, mm-hmm. but is connected and is really happy, then who the heck cares? Like for right. me, I don't care if you don't believe it because it, it works for us. Totally. Right? And, it, and it goes, it speaks to a yet another one of our episodes about labeling. You know, if you label yourself as a sex addict um, and you don't like that, then you're the one doing harm to yourself. You know, if we, if I call you a sex addict and you don't think you are great, but why, why do you take it personally one way or the other? Right. If you use calling yourself a sex addict as a thing to motivate you and working your recovery in a humble way, great. Right. But uh, so, so I guess what I'm trying to say is, you know, that there's that there's this argument that you do so much harm by calling it sex addiction or labeling people as, yeah. as such. And um, it's 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 only harmful if 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 it creates shame, if they take that personally. Right. And to and to call someone a sex addict, sometimes that's just a way to own up to to what's going on in their life. And like, yeah, this is what I'm feeling. This is I I agree with that. I am that. So now I want to work on that. And there's so much more than just a sex addict, but they're owning what is right. And that's the ownership and and full responsibility. That's like the key key to moving forward because you don't know where you are. So you own that. Right. So I think the moral of the story is you guys keep keep leaving us comments on our podcast page. <laughs> yeah. Because we love them. Thank yeah, you. We'll for take sure. them yeah. either way, but we do love um, hearing your feedback. So. To be sure. So if you haven't already, please leave us a review. And if you've got a question you want to layer in there, that, that's all good too. Or you can shoot us a message on uh, the Betrayed Addicted Expert uh, the Facebook page, and uh, we can respond to that there as well and just include it on the podcast. And um, But ultimately, we just are grateful for you guys being here and be part of this journey. And um, again, thanks for being here. Thanks for listening to us. Absolutely. See you guys.